Sunday night, but it's okay. All right. Yes. Okay. The the reaction of the elder son. Okay. Any. <laughs> Anyone else? Yes, PJ. Which line? Okay. Yep. Came to himself. Anyone else? Come on. Surely we didn't read all that. You didn't, Lenny. Yes, Jerry. Okay. Anyone else? Yes. He welcomed me back, didn't he? He sure did. Rhonda. Interesting thoughts. Anyone else? Yes. It had been pretty humbling, wasn't it, when you think about it? It had been a very humbling time for him to come back and, and, and admit to his father where he was. Anyone else? Jim. Good. He was he was good to the servants. It was a safe place to come back to. Anyone else? Yes, Bruce. <laughs> and the pigs didn't offer him, man. Did you notice that? <laughs> they ate it all. <laughs> Anyone else? Yes. That's a good point, and uh, we'll talk a little bit m- more about some of the some of these things. But uh, yes, it, you know, he was willing to come as a servant, right? But he came back. But she's saying, God, God the Father was welcoming him back into the, his family at a higher level than what he 
thought he deserved. Anyone else? All right, well, let's take a, let me look at this with you together. I would say, first of all, that it is a parable, and if we go back to Luke, Luke 8 9, you can go there if you want to, but they were, the disciples were having a difficult time saying, why do you talk to us in parables? Remember what he told them? He said, he said, these other people are listening and seeing they don't see and hearing they don't hear. So basically what he's saying to us is there's more to it than what you just read, right? There's more to it in the words. There's, there's more in this than what we maybe normally think about. And you're seeing many of those things. Now, you know, as I was reading through this, one of the first things that I was really challenged by is in verse 12, and the younger brother said to his father, what? He said, give me. Now, when you really look at that word, he's, he's pretty much demanding the father that you give to me. Now, normally, an inheritance is given out when? When the father's not there anymore, okay? But it was possible, you know, there's a couple times in the Old Testament in Jewish law, it was possible for that inheritance to be given early. So, you know, I, I wanted to fault the father, but um, the father may know more of what he's doing than what I realized to begin with. Um, but he gave it to him, and how much did he give him? According to Jewish law, what did he give him? Now, there's an older son, right? And the older son gets what? Twice inheritance and so as far as we know there's only two sons so the older son would get two-thirds and the younger son would get a third right so he took a third of the inheritance now i'm not sure how he did all of that um but but it says that um not many days after that the younger son gathered it all together so he he you know it took him a little while to get all this inheritance together he probably had to take some livestock down to Muskingum livestock and sell them, and you know a few things like that. But he got it done, and he took and they took him down there. And I, I thought as I looked at verse 13, first of all, the, the, on his part, this is a very conscious thing he's doing. He took time to gather it all together, and then it says in 13 he did what? He got out of there. He journeyed. Now when you're really messing up. You know, if I was messing up, I didn't want to be very close to Dad. You understand that? Okay? So if you're really going to mess up and you have a sense that that's what you're doing, you kind of like to get away, don't you? And that's what he did. He journeyed. And where did he go? <laughs> it's, it's a far country now. That That is a good distance away. In other words, uh, I don't even sure, I'm not sure the cell phone even worked out there, if you know what I mean. It's a, it's a long ways off. And so he was pretty sure he was separated from dad. And then what else does it say in that? These are all verbs that, that Jesus was wanting us to understand the young, younger son did. What else did he do? He wasted it all. He wasted it all. So here he is out there, far country, and he's wasted it all. And some of you, uh, you know, talked about some of these things. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine. Isn't God great? 
I was thinking of Jason's um, message last week. You know, and he was telling how he how blessed he felt, and that's true. And 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 if you you know, and God does bless us even beyond what we deserve. You know, it's it's not a matter of deserve. It's because he he loves us. But he loves us enough that when we spend it all, what happens? We get a bad drought. Okay. So he had a severe famine in that land, and he began to be in want. Now, you know, as I as I looked up that that word, it means he he lacked. I guess we kind of figured that out. It said he came up short. So I think what it's saying is that basically his apartment was out of food and he was out of money to make his next rent. That's basically, you know, in our term, that's what was happening to him. And and so he was, uh, it, it, there, there's also a, a part of that says that he failed and he felt inferior. So, you know, he's already starting to have a sense of the... Um, of him making the wrong decision, and I'm, I'm not sure up to that point there's any indication he did, but at that point he's starting to have that sense. And then, and he began to be in want, 15, then he went and he joined himself. Now, that word join kind of, um, you know, made me wonder just exactly what all that, you know, had to do with, but that's a pretty strong word. It, it's basically saying that he glued himself, he forced himself on somebody in that country. Now, I don't know how he did that, but I'm sure that he gave him a, a sad story. You ever had somebody who really needs help give you a sad story? Somehow or other, he glued himself to that man's heart. And as he did that, it said, he joined himself to a citizen of that far country, and, and he sent him into the fields to feed swine. Now, the indication is this is a Jewish man, and when you stoop to feed swine, it's not a good thing, okay? And I think Jesus put that in there specifically so we'll understand. This fellow was in the lowest of the low. I mean, Jews didn't have anything to do with swine, right? Hogs were not a part of their household. And so I'm sure this is the first time he ever fed swine. I'll bet he was really glad he was in a far country and Dad couldn't see him. And verse 16 said he would have gladly have filled himself with the pods that the swine ate. Now, those pods, an indication are they're carob pods. And, you know, there's a carob to me is kind of a substitute for um, chocolate. You know, some some say it's real chocolate. I don't know if you ever had carob, but it's 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 a little bit like the pastor talking about a real uh, milkshake and Somebody calls in a milkshake. I just never felt like it was. But anyway, it was those pods that they were eating. And the swine ate them, and he would like to fill his belly with them, but no one gave him anything. And that, uh, that, there's one word there that's called, uh, that is translated, he gladly would have filled. And, and if you will, that's a, another real strong word in, in the Jewish language. In the Hebrew, it says... It means to set one's heart upon. Now, if you will, that's kind of like you guys setting your heart upon a young lady or you gals setting your heart upon a young man that you consider a hunk. And so we're not talking about him just making a decision wanting to do that. It, it also means to eagerly, eagerly long for. It means so far to go as to covet. Okay? 
This guy's serious. He would have gladly done that. It means to greatly desire. So this fellow is in pretty severe want. Verse 17 bears that out. But when he came to himself, which some of you really liked, God has a way of bringing us to where we, he, he brings us to see who we are and, and we can come to ourselves. And I, I think, you know, as I look back on my Christian walk, there have been times that God has brought me to myself and realized where I, who I was and where I was going and, and the things needed to be changed. So he came to himself and he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and more, if you will, and to spare, even got enough they can feed the dog? And, it, and it, then he makes a real strong statement. He says, I perish from hunger. This guy's hungry. He is really hungry, okay? He said, I'm perishing from hunger. And then, as he came to himself, he said, I will rise and I'll go to my father and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. Now, that's a pretty repentant statement, isn't it? And I think that in his heart, he, he's pretty much there because, look at 19, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of these hired servants. Now, some time back, I was listening to a, a fellow, and he said, uh, he reminded me of the, uh, the movies uh, from the Old West. And in the Old West, the servants, the, the cowhands, all lived in the bunkhouse. And the owner and their family lived in the big house. Okay, so what he's saying, Father, I don't deserve to be in that big house. I don't deserve to be in your house. I deserve to be where? In the servant's house. You ever felt like that? Yeah, I think some of us have felt that. So that's how he's going back. But you notice that first of all, he's repenting. And and then he said, I want you to make me like one of the hired servants. I I want to come back and just be a laborer for you. And And the thing you really have to like is verse 20. You know, he didn't only think the thoughts. He didn't only come to himself, but he moved on it. And it says, and he arose and he came to his father. Now, some of you probably can't appreciate this, but I'm assuming from what we see here, his father was an old man, and he was a young man, and I wonder who saw who first. If you don't know what I mean, you know, I didn't used to wear these, okay? And I'm sure that the father had had been there looking for him, seeking him, but I'm sure that the son saw him out on that porch, saw him out there. And as he saw him out there, there was a good chance right there where he could just split, right? Because he knew what he was going to, what he was doing. He was humbling himself. He was bringing himself back. But his belly said, you got to do this. So he came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him. He had compassion on him. And he ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. Now, you know, as you look at that, <laughs> that's all happened, and the son has done what so far? Walked up the lane, okay? And then the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven, and in your sight am no longer worthy to be called your son. I wonder if there's any temptation in that young man to not put that verse in there, because he'd already been accepted, it looked like, Right? But he knew in his heart, and, and I think there's times where we probably, uh, if we're not careful, 
as, as prodigals. Uh, we, we tend to just want to uh, do what we need to, 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 you know, to get our ticket in. And, but he went ahead and he, and he made sure that uh, he had told his father, I've sinned and it's against heaven, against you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. What happened to the servant part? He never got to it. You know why? Because by that time, his father wasn't even listening to him. And he turns, father said to the servants, he turns to the servants. And what did he have him bring him? Not only clothing. Now, can you imagine? This guy has spent everything he had. He's been out feeding pigs. Anybody in here ever feed pigs? It's nice, isn't it, Rhonda? You wear that perfume wherever you go, and even after a shower, you can still wear it. I mean, it is, and I got a feeling this guy did not shower. And Dad said, what? Servants, go get not only a robe, the best robe. Now, this fellow left as a son, didn't he? When he left there, he was a son. But in his mind, he was returning as a servant. And Dad had a little different plan for him. And I think that, you know, as you look at that, uh, that, next, or that verse 22, bring our best robe. Bring out the best robe. Now, when they placed a robe on him over some pretty ragged, dirty clothes, I'm assuming... That, if, if you want to do this and you know, look at it from a spiritual standpoint, that was the robe of what? That was a, he, he had asked forgiveness, he had repented, and that was a robe of righteousness. He placed the best robe on him. What was under that robe? Oh, have you ever felt like you're a child of God and you got that best robe, but you know underneath? You need a shower. <laughs> Been there? And here's this young man having that sense. What else did he give him? He gave him a ring, didn't he? Now, I looked at a couple commentaries, and I could find about anything I wanted there with that. Um, you, you know that back in that day, if if you had a ring that had the signet embroached on it, and you took that and placed it on something. It was like, if you will, he gave him his bank account and said, you just write whatever checks you want to. Another commentary, and, and I really could not find that word, and I'm not good enough in the Greek to, to, to work that, but I, I could not find that. Another one said that, that that means that you're married and you're a part of our family and you're going to stay. And every time you look at that, just like you guys and gals getting married, said you're, every time you look at that, you remember you're accepted back in the family. And I kind of like that. Whether, whether he's given him all, I'm not sure, because the thing that I have a little problem with that, we'll get to in a, little, in a minute. But, but, he, but he gave him a robe and then a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. And usually when they talk about sandals and talk about shoes, they're talking about you know, being uh, people that are, are taking the gospel of peace and so, you know, I, I think that 
we could go so far as to say that basically what he did to him right there was to tell him, now, I'm having mercy on you. You go have mercy on others. He's changing that and moving it, which God has done for us. So as I look back at that, um, you know, as you think of the situation the young man was in, God brought, well, there were a, because of his choices, there was affliction came upon him. But in that affliction, that's what caused him to turn and repent. And when we see a young person, or don't have to be young, but we see somebody away from the Lord, uh, we like to fix it for him, don't we? You ever been in that situation where you had all the, all the opportunity to fix it for somebody? And what do you want to do? I remember a situation where a dad spent quite a bit of time and quite a bit of money taking and, and fixing a situation for somebody, a, a young man who had, was in trouble with the law. And it wasn't two months till that boy was right back where he'd been because he didn't accept the responsibility for it. Dad was trying to take care of him. And, and so, I, you know, I think that uh, it, it's, it's important for us to see that, you know, there are afflictions that come our way, but sometimes they're because of what we've done, and, and we need to be careful. We're not trying to fix what God's wanting to do with us. Verse 24 well, verse 23, bring the fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry. Now, this fellow came up the driveway hungry, right? I mean, he just wanted a peanut butter sandwich. And hungry as he was, God's throwing a party. And he's going to have a feast. Isn't that like God? The father here is representing God. And he said, bring the fatted calf here. Let's kill it. Let's eat, and not only that, let's be merry. For this, my son was dead. So in, in the father's eyes, this young man, when he'd taken and, and gone away and gone to the far country, he was a dead man. But the father kept looking for him and calling him back. He was, he was, uh, and it, he was dead, and now he's alive again. He was lost, and now he's found and they began to make merry. And as some of you said, that didn't bring out the best in the older son, right? Now, the older son was in the field. Now, I have to make an assumption. He was out in the field. He was probably watching the animals. He was probably working. So he was out doing what he's supposed to do, right? We'd feel all right with that, right? And as he came and drew near to the house... He heard music and dancing. Not normal, right? I mean, it's still the middle of the day, and we're, we're having a party. Don't, that's not the way it's usually done. So he called one of the servants, and he asked what these things meant. And he said to him, Your brother has come, and because he has been received safe and sound, your father has killed the fatted calf. I thought it was interesting. Of all the things that he did for him, the servant saw him doing what? Killing the calf. That's, a, that's what he brought to their attention. Killing the fatted calf. Now, I'm, I'm almost sure the reason that, that that came out that way is the next verse. But the older son was angry and he would not go in. Now, he was, that anger is furious, you know, raging, if you will, with desire for revenge. He was not 
a happy camper that this had happened. As a matter of fact, you know, as you as you think about what's going on here, uh, he he is uh, seeing his older or his younger brother taking the inheritance and taking it and squandering it, and now he's being accepted back. All arms open. No 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 uh, remorse that he's seen on the brother. So at this point, he's not a very happy guy. So he wouldn't go in. And the fa- but what did the father do? It says he came out and he pleaded with him. Now that's a ver- that's another one of those real st- strong words. It's talking about him coming out and 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 asking him, pleading with him, begging him to come in. And the in verse 29, so he answered and said to the father, the older son said, Lo. These many years I've been serving you. Have you ever explained to the Father how many years you've been serving him? I've tried that a time or two, and I knew right away what that meant, right? I was feeling pretty good about myself, right? It's called self-righteousness, okay? And so here we have a young man who has, if you will, kind of a loveless attitude and he has, the young man has what? A humbled heart, dirty clothes, and the best robe. And, 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 the, and the older brother has kind of a loveless attitude, has self-righteousness, and doesn't have God's righteousness. And, if you, and as you read on, he says, For the, lo, these many years I've been serving you, I never transgressed your commandment at any time. That's pretty good, Bruce. I mean, think about that now. Have you ever told God that? I never came that close. I, you know, never at any time have I... In other words, everything his dad asked him to do, it says, at any time, he did. That, that's a pretty big statement. And so what, what's he saying to his dad right there? Hey, I'm resting upon my laurels. I've achieved everything you told me to do. And you have any, you know, and, and here you're taking this guy who took our third of our wealth and has, has uh, thrown it away, has lost it all. And I've stayed here and I've been doing what you said. So his salvation is by achievement, what he did. Let's read on. I, transgress, I never transgressed your commandment any time, and yet you never even gave me a young goat or a kid, if you will. And if you will, he has a pretty, an attitude that's pretty uncharitable, pretty unloving, right, toward his dad. And he said, yet for this guy who has devoted your, your livelihood with harlots. Now, we don't have any indication what all went on in that far country, but the, the older brother has an indication that harlots were involved. He said, you killed the fatted calf for him. Well, now what's the father going to say? That's all true, right? Except I question whether or not he never went against anything his dad said. And he said to him, verse 31, Son, now 
What I want to say to you is the older brother is still in what position? A son, right? He's still a part of the family. Son, you're always with me, and all that I have is yours. What's that mean, all that I have is yours? In a physical way, everything the dad has now really belongs to that brother, doesn't it? Everything that he has, the two-thirds that belong to the other older brother that's still there in dad's position, they really belong to the older brother, all of it. He said, all that I have is yours. And the older brother doesn't react to that, so he, he agrees with that. And then he says, the father, it was right that we should make merry and be glad for your brother was dead and is alive again and was lost, and now he's found. And that, in other words, you know, we have people who come in here who become a part of the kingdom, and right away, if you will, they're, they're called a part of the, um, the kingdom, and they're, and they're a son, and we see what? we're not careful dirty clothes right if we're not careful we'll see dirty clothes we'll see dirty speech we'll see them not coming to every service you know and and i as as i looked at all this i thought maybe that i I would like to make a, a a few reactions about what i see from the father let's go back to verse 28 the father's reaction to the older brother really impresses me. He said, the father came to him. He sought him out. He wasn't going in, right? But the father came and got him. We, we can't get away from the father's love for us. Not only did he come to him in verse 28, but while he was there, he pleaded with him. He begged. He he compassionately asked for him to come in and be a part of what was going on. And then, verse 29, we start seeing again that older brother opening up. He said, I served you right away. You know, I see pride rising right up. You ever had to fight that? Man, I've been here every Sunday night for the last month, you know. I'm something special, right? And right away he said, I serve you. I'm full of pride. (laughs) He said, I never transgressed. Now, I almost would call him a liar, okay? I think it's pretty close there. I just can't imagine that. So, you know, he's got himself convinced that everything that Dad's asking him to do, he's done. And then... You ever, you ever notice when you open your mouth, you can just really put all your feet in there and some besides? And then he started complaining. He said, you never gave. You ever been there? You know, I saw somebody come down who wasn't even a member, and we prayed, and when we prayed for them, they were healed. But I didn't, see, I didn't get healed when I went down there. You ever had those thoughts come to your mind? And God's, I think, challenging me anyway 
to look and see where I am with that older brother. And in verse 31, father still reaching out the older brother said, son, you're always with me. Now, I think there's some indication here that he was with him, but I don't think he understood the father's heart. And I'm not sure that he had, if you will, a proper relationship with dad. He was in the big house, but I don't think he really had that relationship. If, you know, that, that relationship where he knew the father's heart and knew his father was reaching out to that younger son. I think it took him by surprise that dad went out and gave all of this stuff to that prodigal when, in fact, he didn't think he deserved any of that until he showed himself. And then he said, not only did he complain, verse 30, what did he call the younger brother? That son of yours. He didn't call him a brother, right? You never did that, right? Somebody came forward and became a Christian, you never did that, right? I don't know if they're sincere or not. They just don't look sincere to me. And then he reminded them that he devoured your livelihood. And not only that, he did it where? With harlots. Two things that were totally against something that were, you know, the worst it could be. And then the father in his goodness, look at verse 32. He said, for your brother was dead. I remind you, he was your brother. He isn't my son only. He's your brother. And he's saying, you you know, he was dead, but now he's alive. And I think that, you know, as we think about that, the other the other area that really challenged me along that same line is that I don't know how you look at this that this particular scripture and, and what you feel. To me, you know, as I've read it different times, I kind of see the if you will, the hero being the younger son because he's doing the right thing now, right? And the villain being the older son. But I'm not sure that's what Jesus intended. Who who really is the hero in this thing? The father. (laughs) The father. Now you think about it. Thank God he reaches out to the younger son who doesn't deserve it, but he also reaches out to who? The older son who don't deserve it anymore. Because he's lifted himself up, and his relationship is not where it needs to be. So let's let's look together, if you will, back in Luke 18, 18:9. Now, as far as I can tell, from where we were in 16, if you follow this through, he's still teaching the same group of people. Verse 9, and he spoke this parable, and and he spoke it to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and they despised others. As if that first one wasn't enough, now he's showing them what? Guys, you still don't have it. And, And that was a challenge to me. Do I have it? They trusted in themselves 
that they were righteous and they despised others. And two men went up to the temple to, to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. Again, very familiar, I'm sure. The Pharisee stood, first of all, and prayed thus, this version says, with himself. Okay, so he was alone with himself, but he also was standing before God. And he said, God, I thank you that I'm not like other men. Now, I would have felt a lot better about that guy if he would have said, Father. Sorry, you know, he just, this could have been a, a piece of stone that he was talking to, right? And he said, God, I thank you that I'm not like the other men. Have you ever said, man, I'm glad I'm not like that guy? You ever done that or that gal? You know, I have. You know, I've, I've been, and, and, and I think you can do that in a right way, but our nature, old nature being what it is, seldom ever do we do it in the right way, right? God, I thank you I'm not like that other, other man. And he, he starts explaining, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, and even as this tax collector, heaven forbid, you know. And then, just in case you don't understand, Father, I fast twice a week. Now, Adam's really going to like this guy, right? I give tithes of all that I possess. Now, there's an indication in that, which I never knew before till I was, was looking over this, that, that, that he's saying that some of the, the Pharisees, everything that they got, everything that grew, they gave tithes of, but they also, anything that they bought, they gave tithes of, because if I bought it from Lenny, Lenny may not have tithed on it. And therefore, I want to make sure I'm right and I'm tithing on what I bought from Lenny. Okay? So that, that's, if you, if you look at that, I give tithes of all that I possess. That's the indication there. And the tax collector, standing afar off, would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but beat on his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me. And, and this version says a sinner, but I think the correct version is the sinner. I'm the worst sinner there is, and I know that. And he said, be merciful to me. So that brings me back. Let's go back to where we were. And I want to finish this up here pretty quick, but in, in the first part of, of 15, chapter 15, where we were, why was Jesus speaking all of this about the the younger brother and the older brother and the father. Why was he doing that? Let's go back. The Bible tells us in 15, 1, Then all the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to hear, drew near to him to hear him. So here comes all of these people, if you will, who aren't church people, and they're coming to hear Jesus. And so if you think of that parable that we just, you know, the, that we've just gone through, Part of that parable about the prodigal son was directed to who? Tax collectors and sinners. So that they would understand that there's a father who loves them, who will give them a robe, who will give them a ring, who will give them sandals. He loves them. He loves them even though they haven't taken a bath, if you will. Okay, He loves them. And then, and the Pharisees and scribes. Now, guys... 
That's as close to being you and I as we can get. All right. I mean, these people are people who have been a part of the of the church. They're you know, these are the people who uh, did everything they could. Pharisee, you know, the, the root word of that is separate. They separated themselves from everything that was not godly. You have to like that, okay? And the scribes complained. So the Pharisees and the scribes were also there, and they were complaining, saying, this man receives sinners, and he eats with them. Now, in Jewish culture, if you sat down to eat a meal with somebody, you were accepting that person. And Jesus would do that. Would a Pharisee do that? No. He would separate himself from them. Because, and you remember when Mary was wiping his feet with her hair and, and using the alabaster box, what did they say? If this guy was godly, talking about Jesus, if he was godly, he would know what? That they're a sinner. She's a sinner, and he ought not to accept this from them. So I think the challenge to us tonight is, as we look at this and, and look at what God had had there, um, I, I, I would. I think the challenge for me is that I I, I look at that and I think, <laughs> which one of those categories do I fit in, and then what tendencies do I have to get into the other one? And I was reminded of our our buddy David, Psalm 51, and again another real um, familiar part of the. Scripture to you, but let's turn to 51 together, if you will. Psalm 51. I think we all have an idea that that was after Nathan had stuck his finger in David's nose and said, Hey, you messed up, you know, and he'd used the analogy of the the poor man having the one lamb and another one having all of these, and David was willing to kill that man who had them all and, and took that other uh, that peasant's one lamb, of course, it had to do with Bathsheba. And so now we're at a point of repentance. And it is possible, if you will, for Pharisees, for the older son, for those of us who have been around a while who mess up, it is possible for us to get back in graces with God. And here's what David did. He said, Have mercy on, on me, O God, according to your loving kindness." Now, did, did he know how big that loving kindness was? You bet. He knew. And he, and he said, "That's how that, I need it all. According to the multitude of your tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me. Cleanse me. Verse 3, I acknowledge my transgression and my sin is always before me. Against you and you only have I sinned. And, and, and you're very familiar with all, I think, all that's over verse 7. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I'll be whiter than snow. David, being king, having a heart after God, didn't lift up himself, right, as being self-righteous. He knew that he had messed up. He knew that he was a sinner. And he's asking God to wash him. Make me hear joy and gladness. There's that, there's that party again, right? Remember, the older son didn't like that, but the prodigal didn't seem to be having any trouble with it. He never came out of the house. Make me hear joy and gladness that the bones you have broken may rejoice. 
Hide your face from my sins. Blot out all of my iniquities. And we're real familiar with the next two verses. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a steadfast spirit within me. Don't cast me away from your presence. And do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore in me the joy of your salvation. Uphold me by your generous spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways. Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed. And then I, I just skip down to 17. There isn't anything in there that isn't worth reading. If you haven't read it lately, you may want to. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. In other words, if we're going to be people who are going to sacrifice to God, we're going to have to have a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. And, and he says, These, O God, you will not despise. So... Let's all stand. Michael, you may want to come and play um, if you're still here. I assume you are. I don't know where you found yourself in here tonight. Like I say, um, the Lord's been challenging me in, in, in uh, some of these areas, and uh, I just thought it was only fair that I would share it with you. And uh, So let's just bow our heads a moment. You guys, most of you have been here long enough. You know what you need to do. Um, there are two categories there. There's the prodigal, and there's the older, who is the younger son, and then there's the older son. And you know what you need to do. Let's just pray. Father, I want to thank you tonight for your word, first of all. And I want to thank you that you said it was a word that was put there for us, for us to learn from. And, Lord, you know each of us. We may have tried to run to a far country, Lord, but you know us. And, Father, you're looking for us as that father was looking for that son to come back. And, Lord, I want to thank you for that. I want to thank you that he was a father who went after the prodigal, but he also went after the older son. Thank you, Lord, for that. And, Lord, this night I pray that you will speak to hearts and help us, Lord God, to bring ourselves unto you and to do, Lord God, that which we know we need to do. I, I thank you, Lord, that that younger son not only was willing to come back, he did come back, and he did confess his sin. And he, as he came back, willing to be a servant, he became a son. And we thank you for that. We thank you that you take us where we are and you make us a son. So if you need to come and talk to God tonight, do that as Michael plays. Feel free to come, come to the altar.